Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Plan B Success. Today, we have Jane Egerton Idehan, all the way from Nigeria, who's an executive in the telecom space in West Africa, has her own advocacy group for women called Women in Career, and has recently released her book, Be Fearless, Campaign for Younger Women, actually. So it's for men, women, all of them. Be fearless. Give yourself permission to be you. That's what the book is called, and we'll find out all about the book as well. So welcome, Jane. Thank you so much, Rajiv. It's good to be on the program. Good to be here. Absolutely. Glad to have you on board. I know we've uh, exchanged notes a couple of times and finally made it happen for both of us, which is great. So tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, I was looking at your background and that's pretty intriguing. You know, you you actually come from one of the poorest slums in Africa, but there you go. You went on to, you know, get a degree, a technical degree, then an MBA, then have a wonderful career as an executive and now have your own book. And then now you're out there trying to make it happen for other women to grow and get in the field and be able to build their own careers and their freedom. That's pretty awesome. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, thank you so much, by the way, for that uh, quick intro. So just like you said, I'm the second child of um, a family of, with four kids. So I have an elder sister and two younger brothers. And like you said, I came from very humble beginnings, you know, like we definitely grew up in one of the slums of Lagos, Nigeria, you know, just very, very humble beginnings. But I was fortunate to get a good education and using that education, I carved the path for myself. So I got to study engineering. I got to work in the telecom industry because that's where I still work. It's almost two decades now I've been there. I get to follow my passion, which is to see women like myself, young girls like myself, you know, grow a, a career in STEM or for women, you know, grow their careers in STEM, not just to come and leave, but to actually grow their careers in STEM. But most importantly, I've been fortunate to have a family of my own. So I have two kids, a boy and a girl. I have a very supportive husband. And I'm grateful to be on your show because I get to talk about things that I'm passionate about and things that motivate me. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about your past, you know, your childhood, you know, your where you come from and what was life like back then and how did you manage to break the mold and get yourself an education? So talking about my past, wow, it's, it's quite an interesting one. I like what you say, talk about your past, because I was telling, uh, I was speaking to someone the other day that your past is something that is a part of you and you should be proud to, you know, to associate with it because it becomes a tool for your future. So if I, if I go down my past, it was um, one that required a lot of grit. Uh, because you needed resilience to go through some of those stuff. You know, you, you know what it is for some people listening, you know, to keep looking for something and keep getting no, because you probably are not, you don't have access. You don't have, you know, all that people believe that you need to get into it. So as a young child, I did go through that. You know, first of all, I wanted a good education. My parents couldn't really afford one. But there was a government-funded schools, which we actually tried to get into. I tried the first time, and the second time, I fortunately got into that school. That's after I've actually given up. So I'd actually moved on. I was already attending a public school before we found that I got admission. 
So I got into this school, young, naive girl. I was actually just grateful to be there. And lots of people could resonate with it. Sometimes you, you, you dream you dream about something, you work hard for it, and you achieve it, and you're asking yourself, so what next? So I was, you know, in that phase for about the first three years in school, I was just happy to be there. I was just happy to have three square meals. I didn't think about what my future was going to be and you know, the amount of hard work I will put it. And I always tease people that the important thing is that, you know, your past doesn't necessarily be your entire story. You know, there are transitions in your life where you make changes, especially because of exposure. So one of the things I would, you know, really say I got from being in that environment is exposure. I got to meet young people from middle-class families that had families that had, you know, parents that have, you know, great careers, you know, they had dreams, ambitions, things to work towards. And it kind of rubs off on you, you know, when your friends are telling you, oh, my dad is a doctor, or my mom is an engineer, or my, you know, they're telling you things about themselves. It starts to feed you with good ideas. So the environment where you find yourself is always very important. So I latched onto that and I decided to aspire as well. You know, I wanted it for myself. I started asking questions, trying to figure out how do I do it? How do I get there? And, you know, long story short, I wanted to now study engineering. So I was really looking forward to, you know, how do I put in the work? Hard work comes to play. You know, you talk about you know, how my young childhood was. A lot of hard work. Because by the third year, when I became aware that, see, I, I want to get something out of this. I want to achieve something at the end of this high school period, as you would call it, but that's secondary school. I decided to look for friends that were doing something similar, working hard. How did they put effort? What were they doing? How did they study? How can I be friends with them? And I was fortunate to, you know, get into that era where I was now working hard. I put a lot of effort and the results showed. So I came out and I made very good results. But of course, you're still coming from an environment where you have a mindset that takes a while for it to transform. So I recall getting home, even though I really wanted to study engineering, I didn't really have the courage to go through with it. After a lot of, you know, feedback from relatives and family members, because this is the slums where people are not dreaming like you're dreaming. They're not aspiring like you're aspiring. Some of them have been beaten down by life, or they're just too afraid because of what they've been through. And everybody's telling you to take the easy way out. So I actually, I passed on the engineering, but you know, I was just fortunate to go to school when, you know, when the results were out for university, which is college. And I found that my name was on top of the board for the course I chose, because I switched, I chose industrial chemistry. I was just a bit curious and I told myself, oh, maybe I should go check on the engineering board and see probably what my name will be. And if I'd actually chosen engineering, I would have been among the top 10 students. That was the first priceless lesson I learned as a young adult. So apart from the environment, apart from the fact you had to work hard and grit, I learned that it was important for me to protect my dreams. They're mine to protect. Everybody around me don't have to buy into it. I spent the next one year Fighting had to go back to my original plan, which is to study engineering. And I was able to do it after a year. So I went back and I studied engineering. So the journey itself is not is, is one of an evolution, phases where you get transformed. But I think the curiosity, the, the ability to be curious and want to learn was always a good thing for me because it allowed me to find myself in positions 
where I took what the situation was and I wanted to learn from it. I wanted to know how could I be better? How could I be improve it? So that's just a, a quick summary of that. If you want to look at the, you know, the backstory of being in the slums and growing up, growing up there. When you look back and you think through some of the challenges that you had at that point in time, and when you look at things now and the challenges that some of the people that you're trying to help have, do you see similarities or have there been changes? Have they evolved? What do you think? I see a lot of similarities to be frank. And I think because I've been there, I tend to understand. There is a lot of anxiety and fear just, just for the fact that you are in a situation you have no control over. And you're so afraid to dream, especially to dream big. There is always the possibility you want to take the easy way out. You want to check out, you know, you want to take the easy way out because it's just the, 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 the journey ahead is too scary. And there's so many unknowns. A lot of the things I, I faced while well, one of the biggest things I faced as a young uh, girl then in the slum was anxiety. I was always anxious because I had this big audacious goals, but I was always anxious because I wasn't too sure. Would it come to pass? Would it happen? Is anybody going to help me? There are no mentors. There are no role models. How about this is all wrong? How about this is not the way to go about it? And I see that in a lot of young um, young kids I try to help, especially from the slums. You know, I'll tell you a story of a young girl. You know, I really found her to be smart and intelligent. I thought, wow, I really want to invest time with her. And it was time for her to go to college. You know, so I thought, oh, you know what? You should take the exams for entrance into college. And the first day she's like, oh, sorry, she wanted to take it, but something came up and she forgot. Okay, the second year I funded it, I said, okay, you go again, go take it. The second year she came back with like, oh, I'm like, no, 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 you can't keep doing this. What's the real problem? And you know what she told me? She told me, you know, when I go back home and I tell my parents that I want to take this exams for college, they always ask me, who's going to pay your fees? How are you going to make it through college? Why don't you just go get a job somewhere? You know, just get some low-end job. You know, you can afford to make a quick buck up there and there and help yourself and help your siblings. And I could see that a lot in my story. You know what I told you about changing the application for engineering? Because people around you are so scared. That negativity feeds and also brings that fear. Even though you want those big audacious goals, you're just afraid of failing. You're afraid of all the unknowns. Who's going to pay the fees? Who's going to take care of you? How about if you don't get it? And sometimes you fall into that trap. But what I always ask is, how about if you do get it? Mm -hmm. And that's what I told the young lady. How about if you do pass the exam and I pay your fees? Have you thought about that? That is a possibility. So why don't you take a chance on that? So those are some of the things you tend to see, you know, coming up from that kind of environment. There are a lot of negative voices in your head, and sometimes it's just out of fear. I don't think the people around you intentionally, in most cases, they don't intentionally want to do that, but that's the narrative they've been fed with, and that's what they will share with you. And, you know, there could be lots more, but that's one of the uh, the big ones I would like to say is, you know, there's also the, the, the just that, that ability to, to know that even though you have unknowns, hard work still applies. Sometimes we don't get that hard work still applies. 
And I also understand that concept because, you know, the guys that dig trenches for a living, that's hard work, but they don't get paid, to, you know, they don't get paid, you know, commensurate to that type of hard work. But what we want is hard work, which is smart work, where you know the talents that are worth paying for and you go for those skill sets and those talents so that when you come out, you can earn a considerable amount. And sometimes for people in the slums, that is missing because there are no role models. You understand? Mm -hmm. Big challenge. And that's why I love to go back to the slums. Um, so someone asked me a couple of days ago, one of my proudest moments. I said, one of my proudest moments was in 2017 when I went back to the slums and I sp sponsored a TEDx talk. I wasn't a speaker, but I sponsored it because I thought that was one of the good ways to pass on that information and let people see role models, see examples of people that have been in the slums and came out sharing their stories, inspiring it. And guess what the audience was? It was the mothers. Because I thought that's one of the ways to feed that information down. If the mothers are a bit confident of the process, they can also encourage the young ones. So when they know role models, it's tough. You know, that's why I do some of the things I do, some of the speaking engagements I do. It's because you want to put up a mirror and say, see, this is Jane, and I was on that journey. So I, I, I understand what you're going through. I see you, but I'm still telling you it's possible. Because when they are role models and you can ask all those questions, because that's what they did, you know, in the TEDx circle, they spent almost like an hour just answering their questions. And most of them was drawn out of fear, concern. They wanted to know how the journey was, what it would be for their kids, how about there's no support along the way. You know, they had all this content. And sometimes you have to respect that because of where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. So role models is, 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 is another big thing. I, I really would love, 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 love to say that if we have more role models, people just telling you how they went through the experience, how it was for them. There will be a bit of confidence to take on that journey for the people in the slums. So when you look at your own life, have you had role models? Have you had mentors throughout? I was fortunate. I did get role models. Sometimes not in the traditional sense, you know, along the journey, you, you know, you get, because if, if I think back, like when I was in college, in university, one of my biggest role models was a lecturer that was the head of the Department of Engineering. So for that one year, I kept going back to that department, trying to make a case that I wanted to change the department. Anytime I would show up in his office, he would ask me the same question. Why do you want to study engineering? We do that again and again. You know, I would, I would tweak my answer. I'm like, okay, maybe I wasn't convinced. Next time I'll, I'll use this. I'll, you know, I'll try something else. I'm passionate about it. I want to change the world. I think I can do this. And I did it again and again and again. And finally, I know when I finally changed at the end, when he, you know, the course was changed, I didn't even know. I'd already moved on. I thought, he just always likes me asking me the same question. I don't think this guy is serious. He doesn't really want to help me. So it was like, you know, my, my name had been on the board for like three weeks. I didn't know. I was just passing the department, going somewhere else. And he told me like, come, my young friend, I haven't seen you in a long while. And I gave up all those excuses. Like, you know, I was busy at this and that. He's like, but you, you, your name has been, you know, on the board. You're now in engineering and we can't find you. I was shocked. But there's something he told me that really stuck. After giving me all the advice and how you know, the paperwork of all the things, applications I have to put through, he told me, you have to get me a first class. So first class is the highest grade in college or in university. That's an honors. Mm -hmm. I was shocked. I'm like, what does he mean by that? He repeated, he said, the only thing I ask of you is that you give me a first class. But for the first time, I just thought somebody saw me. 
because that's what I told myself when I was going to college. I wanted to get the highest grade. So he was one of the biggest role models while I was in college. When I left college, I also had room. Some of them were people I read in book. People are fine. You know, I just aspired to be like them. I wanted to know about them. But some of them were just young, kind people that saw something in me and just wanted to help me. Like I, I can recall this Ayurubo, this Larry. Larry helped get me my first job. I didn't know him. Mm-hmm. And I talk a lot about my book. I was just this persistent young adult that I kept showing that I kept showing up at a particular telecom company. And I thought the receptionist probably thought, oh, well, I better help this girl. So she told me, you know what? You go home today, but when you come back on Monday, just walk up to me and tell me you have an appointment with this person, Mr. Larry, this. And I'll get him for you. And if he asks you who sent you, better don't tell him I I gave you his name. That guy became the first access I had because he finally gave me the job. When I showed up on Monday, she called him. He spent an hour trying to find out how I got his name and I refused to. I was just trying to make a case why I thought he should recruit me. But along the journey, he was so helpful, you know, showing me the way. So you, you will have mentors. Sometimes not in the traditional sense where people come and say, oh, there's a mentoring, you know, you join this mentoring group. Sometimes people you meet along the journey because you're so impressed about what they achieve. You look for ways to find time to spend some, you know, even short quality time with them and just try to understand how they got there. And, you know, you have a 20 plus year career now in the in the corporate field there what's your journey been like you know what's what's been positive and what's been negative uh, i'm sure it's in your book and you're probably trying to address some of that in in your advocacy group but uh, tell us about your experiences so it's been an interesting journey you know uh, starting as an engineer you know i had to work shifts and all that you know but i had this passion to learn i wanted to learn so I took off, I took everybody's update. They just gave it to me. I was just willing to be as, as much as I could in the office. I just wanted to learn. But I love the fact that I was challenged in the sector. And I think that's what helped my career growth. Um, there were transitions in the journey. So the journey didn't go like, like the way I thought it was going to go. So I thought I was going to be, initially I thought I was going to be growing up in a technical role. Somewhere along the path, I moved into sales which was an interesting one because it wasn't planned. Somebody saw something in me and told me, you know what, you make a good salesperson. And I'm like, no. And they tried to convince me and I gave it a chance. And that's when I went and I did my MBA because I thought, wow, to be a really good salesperson, I really need to understand business and management and what Mm -hmm. it really takes to operate in that environment. But I also had tough times, you know, I also had challenging times, you know, Sometimes I was passed for promotions and I thought, why? You know, why was I passed for promotions? Why? Sometimes I felt maybe my gender was used against me because it's so traditional to want to see a certain kind of um, profile in a role because I was designing roles that sometimes they had not had female genders in those roles. And I think people were a bit perplexed. How was it going to work? Mm-hmm. And one of the roles that I had gone for, I had been passed for that role for like twice or so. And I'm like, why? You know, and that's one of my first shock. I'm like, but I'm so good. Why, why do I do the interviews and I don't get the job? And I feel like some people, you know, get the job. And I thought I was better than them. And some of them I actually know and I trained them. 
So that's how I got to understand that sometimes, you know, your challenges are not things that you're even aware of. It's things that are just out there because of bias. So I recall once, you know, sitting with a HR professional and, you know, she was trying to explain to me and she decided to be blunt. And she told me, Jane, each time you walk into this room, asking for what you're asking for, the fact that you're a woman, you have kids, you're married, it's working against you. Because subconsciously, people are wondering how you're going to do it. The job requires a lot of travel. The, you know, there's so much, the demands are so much, and they are subconsciously asking themselves, how is she going to do it? You've never had a woman do it. So I think that's one of the rudest, you know, the first rude shock I had in my career. I'm like, wow, why would people just, you know, plan your life without even involving you? And one of the things I had to do was confront it. So I recall I did some things. Sometimes I just left the job. It was a case I literally just resigned and left the job. So in some cases I made my demands clear, you know, upfront. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this role, but this is the role I desire. I give you guys a year. If within a year I don't get the role, I'm off. Like I was going to do it on my own terms. Like I'm off because that's what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. And I find out that sometimes when you're, and that's why I tell women to speak up. When you learn to speak up, because most people don't know what is going on in your head. Because I remember when somebody was asked, um, someone that was recruiting for a role I had aspired to get, and I was passed on for that role. Once somebody else asked him, why did you pass her? And he's like, she's married, she's got kids. I don't think she really wants this role. She's happy where she is. She's not complaining. I was shocked because... I never really said any of those things, but maybe because I didn't tell him what I aspired to do, what my ambitions was. That's why he made those conclusions. So you learn to speak up. You learn to let people know this is what my desire is. This is where I see myself. And that's one of the things I learned, you know, from that experience, you have to speak up. And I say that because sometimes for women coming from a patriarchy or culture or just the way probably the environment they've grown up today, they're used to um, being on the receiving end. You know, a guy will ask you out on a date. A guy will ask you, I want to marry you. You're not the one doing the accent. But in the workforce, it's not that same. It's not the same way. It doesn't play out that way. People don't go around asking for if you want to get promoted. You have to, you know, you have to put yourself out there. And sometimes uh, some women find it a bit strange, especially in this environment, because they feel like, oh, I, I work hard enough. That should be good enough. You know, people should notice it. They find it a bit odd or forward to put themselves out there and talk about their work and talk about their ambition. So that's some of the things I've learned along the journey that you have to speak up. Um, and that's one of the, that's one of the reasons that I, I, I would say I started being a bit forward with helping other women because I realized that some of these things people don't tell you and it's good to be told. You know, it's not like you're not good enough, but maybe what is expected in the workplace you're not actually portraying some of those things so it's difficult to understand what you want what you desire or where you're headed to and that's how i started the non-profit women and career because i just wanted to help other women so when did you start that and uh, how's it been doing yeah it's been doing really really good i started in 2017 um before that i used to mentor a lot of women so a lot of women used to come to me and I think it was becoming a challenge because I was literally having all these mentoring sessions, one-on-one session. It was difficult to combine with my job because my job was uh, very demanding. I traveled a lot and all that. So um, I started deciding to put them together. I said, okay, you know what? Why don't you guys, I'll put you all together in a session and I'll show you the things I do. 
And I'll also bring role models that can talk to you, male and female, about what it takes, you know, to aspire to leadership, to management, mm-hmm. what it takes. And you can ask them any question you want. You know, I'll make sure the environment is conducive enough for them to be vulnerable and you can ask them the questions. So that's what I started doing. But um, in 2017, I was leaving that job role. It had grown. It became like one of those sessions where 300 people would dial in from different parts of the world because I was working for a multinational People died in from Senegal, Dubai, Mexico, Philippines. It was just everywhere. But everybody wanted to, most of the women wanted to dial into these sessions. But because I was living in the, living the organization at that time, I think they asked me to make it uh, neutral and do it in a platform where they can participate, even though they were not in my new organization because I was moving to a new company. And that's how I formally started Women and Career. So we made it in a neutral platform. So we're all over social media. We have a website and I started doing the same thing, but now in a platform where we open it up for other people. And it's grown since then. We've done a lot. We've done a lot of mentoring for young girls um, in different universities. We've co-sponsored a lot of programs, collaborations, helping women in their careers or helping young girls or just sessions to help people, even in the slums, with, you know, carving a career path for themselves. And I feel fulfilled doing it, actually. I think it's some of the things I'm very passionate about. Well, how about your kids? You know, you, you have had a life experience that you're trying to help others with. How do you make sure that you're imbibing similar values in your kids? Well, that's one of the reasons I wrote the book. <laughs> so I, I always tease that my daughter is the muse for the book. But I think I wanted to leave them a legacy. I, I was doing so much and I thought I would really also want to share this with my kids because my kids were young at that time. My daughter was four, and I think my son was probably seven. So they were really young, but I, I really wanted to pass all that information I was sharing mm-hmm. with other people. And that's how I started the journey of writing a book. But I'm so passionate about wanting to share with them. You know, we don't have the same experiences. I don't have the same with my kids. Because growing up, I know one of the drivers was you know, getting out of the slums. That was one of the things that drove me. Right. You know, it was driving me to walk hard, to, to go for it. My kids don't have that same experience. They're not being driven because they, they're trying to get a three square meal or getting out of poverty. So I'm now forced to understand how best to deal with them. How do I get to understand what drives them? How do I get to understand how to motivate them? And that has become a journey for me as well. You know, trying to understand them, spend time with them, just be present so I get to see who they really are. Because that's what I'm beginning to understand. And when I understand who they are, then I know how best to motivate them because you motivate people differently. But more importantly, I get to see who their, what their skill sets are, what their talents are. And I use that as a tool to also connect with them. So, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. So tell us a little bit more about your book. So, you know, what does it consist of? Who is it aimed at? And how has it been doing? How has it been helpful? So my book, I actually have a couple here. Be fearless, give yourself permission to be you. Just like the name says, it's a book that shares a story of courage because I wanted to inspire other people to be better versions of themselves. I always use this metaphor that I saw my daughter as the muse because that was speaking to my younger self. And I felt like, you know, for somebody out there that is probably in a similar situation, growing up in an environment where it's tough, or is challenged in one way or the other, they should understand that, you know, if you keep at it with some of the things I mentioned in the book, you're likely going to achieve it. 
So you better keep at it and don't let go. So I really targeted that book for, for people that are young, young girls, especially that want to grow their careers. Cause I share a lot about my journey, even as a younger married woman growing her career, but also for men. I, I want men to read the book because I feel it's good to understand from a woman's point of view, what it takes to grow her career as well. Because you have wives, you have sisters, you have daughters. So you can also best support them. But most interestingly, I find that men are reading the book more. <laughs> That's pretty good. Men are reading the book more. So I'm so unpleasantly surprised with that one. Yeah. So what's, what's in store? What's next? So, of course, we're taking it like one at a time because things have just been evolving. Um, currently, I'm busy promoting my book. But I'm also moving into a state where I'm looking for platforms to also use my expertise in the tech sectors. And that's what one of the things I've been into, you know, um, now, you know, taking into a bigger platform, sitting on boards and ensuring that I just don't bring my tech expertise. But as a woman, not just a woman, but a black woman in tech, I get to help companies see how they can carve that path for themselves to ensure that they are not just creating value, but creating value for a diverse target audience. Because sometimes we find that that is missing. That I share a lot in my book because uh, sometimes we've been solving problems the same way for years and there are different ways to solve the problem. Or we can bring other people on board to help us see a different perspective in solving the problem. So that's why I see uh, the next phase and that's how it's been evolving, the next phase for me. And I'm, I'm very humbled by that. I have, I'm, I'm actually very, very grateful because I feel it gives me an opportunity to use that platform as well to shine a light on some of those things I talk about. You know, I always tell myself that I see my job much more than just a job, but like a pathway so that I create a door, opening it for others. And that's how I want to see it. So that when I go through that door, the door remains open for others behind me to, to take on that path if they want to. That's pretty awesome. So how do people find you? Those that want to work with you or interact with you, where do they go and find you? I do have a website, janeegerton.com. That's my website, but I'm everywhere on social media. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook as Jane Egerton with their hand. So you, know, you can reach me on any of that. Uh, the book itself is available on Amazon. For those of you that want the book, is Be Fearless, Give Yourself Permission to Be You. And uh, your uh, advocacy group, does that have a website? Oh, yes. So it's womenandcareer.com. It's, uh, we, we have a website. We're also all over on social media, so people can also connect. There's also a link to that on my website as well. Jane, this has been great. You know, it's been very inspiring talking to you, learning about your past and your journey and where you're taking it into the future. Before I let you go, one takeaway for the listeners that you would want to leave with them. I think if I wanted to leave one takeaway with them is really what I see as being fearless. Because I get that question a lot. People ask me, oh, what does it mean to be fearless? Does it mean you have no fear? And I tell people, no, being fearless doesn't mean you have no fear. Actually, being fearless for me is courage. And courage for me is acting even in the midst of your fear. So even when you're scared, you're unsure, they're unknowns. Just take a step. Just act. That for me is courage and that for me is being fearless. You don't have to know it all. Just take that step, just one step at a time. 
Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure meeting you, talking to you, and we wish you the very best with your book as well as with your organization. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Rajiv. It was a pleasure, and it is a pleasure being on your platform. Thank you. I hope you liked that episode and are enjoying all the episodes in Plan B Success Podcast. I'd encourage you to go subscribe on your favorite platform, whether it's any listening platform or YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you subscribe so that you enjoy this content and extract from it what serves you best, what benefits you in your own life, personal, professional, business, whatever it might be. PlanB.Live is the website where you can go in order to find any episode that you would like to listen to. Three times a week, we release episodes, the first being an inspiring interview with someone who's done it, been there, done that, and can inspire you to go after what you want to achieve. Every Monday, that's the episode that gets released. And then, on Wednesdays and Fridays, we pick a topic and we talk about it in order to benefit you in your personal and professional life. At the same time, if you're someone who's interested in learning more about these concepts, if you're someone who's interested in podcasting as well, go check out planbsuccessschool.thinkific.com. That's where all the online courses are. You can learn and benefit from them there as well. There's a bunch of free courses. There's a bunch of paid courses. Start with the free ones. Get to learn what you aspire to learn. And if you want to delve deeper, then you can sign up for the other ones. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.